Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hoop jogging, man. Shout out to everybody here early, man. Let's um I got a great show lined up for you today. It's a guy who I know and respect a great deal. Uh, a guy who's actually part of my hoop jogging uh Facebook group, been around 11 years, man. And so I want to share some real game on this channel, and it's real game to be shared. And so without further ado, let's bring him on up here. My guy, Dang Irvin. Yo, what's going on? Morning, everybody. Shout out to Rap Guard Reloaded. Hope, yes, yeah, everybody who pulled up early with us this morning. Memphis 10, he was first in the building. What's going on? Absolutely, absolutely. And um, so uh, Memphis 10, uh, shout out to you, brother. Pierre in the building, shout out to you as well. My boy Pope B. Frank in the building, shout out to you, bro. And uh, man, let's get, it, let's get it popping, man. What's up? I'm chilling, man. Just uh, coming off a, a, a bittersweet season uh, this year. You know, working so hard to get to the NBA level, finally broke through that glass ceiling and was fortunate um, to join a great organization like the Phoenix Suns. And we went off and did some great things this year. Um, set a franchise record for most wins in a row. Set a franchise record for uh, most wins in the season. And uh, things, you know, didn't end the way that we wanted them to end against Dallas, which was tough, but um, for me, just even in my own grind, I was able to, uh, you know, people quote Charles Barkley a lot. One, one of his quotes um, that always stuck with me was, um, part of greatness is uh, two things. You have to have a short-term memory <laughs> and struggle comes with that. And um, I think taking that loss to Dallas in the game seven the way that we did, I was able to, you know, move on quickly. But then at the same time, when I sat back and, you know, thought how, who, what, where, that's part of the struggle. Um, and I think often a, a lot of our youth, they don't understand that. As adults, when we go through trials and tribulations, we get it, we get it later maybe, but I think the faster um, our kids can understand that and part of being great, you have to struggle a little bit. You know, when we look at all of our greats, when you look at your Shaqs, your Kobe's, 
the Michaels, uh, Magic, everyone, they, they went through struggle. Nobody had it great. LeBron is another one. They went through struggle. So I think for us, you know, with our core group, being at the age of 25 years of age, um, and, and this one staying a little bit uh, to end the season, uh, it's part of our growth. So I think, you know, we're, we're going to be good and we're looking forward to this upcoming season. I like that um, because, I mean, and I like the fact y'all so young. I didn't know y'all was average age of 25. God, Lee. Um, yeah. Well, our core, our core group. I mean, Devin. Still. No, Gio, yeah. Both camp. camp well, campaign is a little bit older. Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, you know, all of those guys are just, you know, they're under 25 years of age. 25 or younger. So um, that's a good thing to know. Um, and, you know, you just got to keep this machine going. You do, man, and you got to take your lumps before you, you get to that part. And it's just, man, it's it's a whole bunch of uh, – let me put it this way. This is how I knew the Golden State Warriors would, would more than likely beat Boston because you got to get there first and learn how to take your lumps within a series and lock in and understand the, the big picture and overcome. And I think Boston being his first time, that it's kind of hard to know what to do when it's your first time. You understand what I'm saying? So I think that's very incumbent upon what you were saying about, you know, your sons that you guys, I mean, y'all been to the finals already, but still, you're still young and that you got to kind of learn how to, okay, we know what happened this time. We know what we can do well and we got to maximize what we can do well in this opportunity, in this moment. So no, I, I think that's very uh, apropos of what you're saying. The experience of learning how to win. No, that's, that's very, very true. I mean, due to the fact that like, we saw it in football. You take somebody like Dan Marino who went early and then he never went back. So it's not it's not promised. So we you know, we have to refocus and recalibrate and, and get to it. So um it's something we're looking forward to this year. Yeah. And uh, I wanna say this too, you know, from I just know your story from you being independent to you going to Nike, now you being with the Suns, man. Like how's it feel? You you're one fully in the books, man. <laughs> I mean it's it's a beautiful thing and knowing that you know when you talk when we talk basketball it's so simplified at the pro level um you know chris is orchestrating our offense devin is a big part of it da is a big part of it so any and everything that we bring in um is really simple cliff i need you standing here in this right wing or this left wing when this ball comes to you you got two options catch and shoot or catch and rip through and get to the rim in no more than two dribbles and it's that simple you know right now when i you know the the different high school events we're allowed to go to like mbpa top 100 you know we had adidas all-american camp um peace jam next week uh the seven dribble combo the, there's no space for that the eight dribble combo the i got it it, it, and, and I think that's where we, we, we ruin our youth. I think a lot of the guys that we see come through as, you know, in summer league, some of the guys we see having success that some people think were an overnight success. Like someone says, it takes 10 years just to be an overnight success. But those guys that we're, we, we never heard of that are coming out of your Santa Claire's or some of your smaller universities around the country that got drafted, they have simple games. They have very simple games. It's not a whole bunch of flash and ingredients to their game. And I think this is why they're having success. So for me, that filter of the NBA level, I really enjoy because it's like, it's just keep it simple. Man, and you know, it, it makes me smile a little bit because I, I was a simple ball player. And um, I, I sometimes I was envious of guys who had the bag per se, who, who had the, the Kyrie Irving special. Because your boy can give it to you. Your boy gave you, like you said, the rip through, two dribbles and, and explode or what have you. That That's more predicated on what I was on. And so I appreciated coaches who appreciated that. And I'm glad you're saying it. Because even at yeah. the NBA level, they look for guys who can just be disciplined enough to let, listen, man, I know you got all this. I know I know you, you, you got hot sauce, you know, uh, in your bag per se. But I need you to do this because our team dynamic is for this. So I, I'm glad you said it because it was, it was uh, I didn't prompt you to say that. But people need to hear this shit because when they watch these players on the court, they're like, oh, this player should be playing. Oh, he he, he put up this amount of numbers. Like, yeah, th that's cool. 
but are you doing what the coach needs you to do as far as the whole team dynamic? That's well, the question. Well, look, look at the last two number one picks, right? Not counting this year. So, so look at Kay Cunningham and look at Anthony Edwards, and they're both great talent. But in their offensive scheme for the teams that they play with, they're not even the first option. So these are number one picks that are not the first option. They don't have, they have freedoms, but they don't have the complete freedoms that the ship is going down with those guys. So when you're talking about your 450 active players in the league, four, seven, well, two, 60, uh, it's about, they would say 450. So let's just stop at 450. Of the 450 players in the league, maybe 45 can literally dribble the clock out, swallow it, poop it out, and then shoot it. Like, everybody else has a role. You understand what I'm saying? They have a role. Like, when you look at Philly, like, yeah, James and, 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 and uh, Joel can do whatever they want. But, like, Tyrese Maxey has to keep it simple, which he does. Does a phenomenal job of it, and I think that's why he became, uh, you know, a regular season and playoff darling for Philly because he just kept it simple. Ripped through, got to the rim, ran, ran the floor hard, got to the rim. It wasn't a whole lot to him. And Tyrese has always been like that. You know, I had him when he was a kid. You know, on the Nike circuit, but he's always kept it simple. But there's no seven-eight dribble combo for Tyrese Maxey. It's get it from Joel, shoot it. Get it from James, shoot it. Get it from James, slash. Get it from Joel, slash. That's it. That's it. So I, I really challenge a lot of the trainers of the world and those trainers that are out there to just keep it simple. You know, if you really want to get to this level with your kids, just keep it simple. KISS, man, keep it simple, stupid, man. I, I that's that's a uh, a line yeah. I learned from coach a long time ago, and boy, it just hit me like a ton of bricks, man. So yeah, I, I think that's very important to convey that message because again, this these things get lost in translation. These things yep. get lost in the sauce. And um, so again, hearing it from the NBA level, it's, it's, it's excellent to hear from you. And uh, man, you know, shout out to Ann Learn, man, dropping that super chat on, on this game that we spent today. Um, mm -hmm. so you know what that gets you, man. When you when you drop a little change, man, you get that dollar bill action. Yeah. <laughs> money, money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> gets you that dollar bill action, man. So Ann Learn, shout out to Coach Ann Learn. He says, I had a parent tell me parent tell me i bring her to i bring her to you for the basics and the other guys for the dribble combinations <laughs> lol some parents are so backwards like learn the basics first then expand your, i mean hey at least she bring them to you but you're absolutely right man people want to put their shoes on they put their socks on second it's like yeah <laughs> good luck with that <laughs> that's good wild. luck with that any, any any comment you got on and learns uh no, that 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 I mean the fact that he recognizes that the ant just for the sake of the culture, don't compromise yourself. Because I'm sure he's in a business where he sees the dribble combination guys charging this amount and he's keeping the basics and you know you, you gotta stick with the with the with the main course and you gotta stick with the with the ribeye, you gotta stick with the with with the as I like to exaggerate. The salmon with the L, you got to stick with the real food. You know, don't don't compromise and become the starches of the world. Don't don't compromise yourself and become the little ornaments that are on your plate. As long as you you remain part of the main dish, that he's going to serve a purpose. So you know, shout out to him. You know, I feel the same way being a content creator, man. I one thing I, I don't want to ever do is pour out what I am. And what I am is a basketball purist. I really am. And you know, me and Jay, me and Dana's had many knockdown, drag him out basketball discussions. Like, and you know that that's just what I am, man. I, and I, I'm unwaverable <laughs> on my opinions. And so I never want to be a sideshow with this stuff. I want basketball sports to be the center of what I do here. And I think that's 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 very uh, tantamount for what uh, Coach Learn is doing too. Is like. Cause when you coach, man, it's like you see the dudes, like you just said, Dane, who do the flash, they get the likes on the gram, they get the endorsements from other people because it looks nice, you know, and they're doing the tennis ball and you're, you're, you're dribbling three basketballs in one hand and all that goofy stuff. 
um, at the end of the day, man, are you really helping these kids learn ball? And if that's not the case, you're just looking good, you know, to each their own. I just can't get jiggy with that shit, man. Mm-hmm. I can't get jiggy no, with that I mean, shit. It's nothing for me either. I just, I, I keep, I, again, you said it best, keep it simple. Like, I just don't, I don't say anything. I'll just walk away. Um, and then also too, like at that younger level for me, when I'm, when I am present, it's, it's, I know exactly what I'm there to see. I don't have to filter through a whole bunch. Like I could just go straight to some of that younger talent that's allegedly on the pathway to the NBA level. Um, and I just watch that and appreciate that. But, you know, here for some league, um, it's a great time. A lot of guys are seeing what the pro level is actually like. Um, they're getting a real taste of what, what not getting the flop calls alike and the head throwbacks and, you know, the physicality of the game. And um, it's a real eye opener. Um, another thing that I learned, especially with young guys that come out early, is um, the biggest pool of talent for the NBA is that 20 to about 22, 23 years of age. And those are guys who tried to be one and done, may have been one and done. And um, they're either trying to survive in the league or get back in the league. Um, so when you hear at Summer League, you're not seeing a whole lot of 27, 29, 31 years of age guys because there's so many young guys. So when you have that large pool of 20 to 22, 23, but then you also have those incoming rookies that are 18, 19 years of age, um, it makes for an interesting dynamic. Um, and it, it brings a level of uh, competitiveness that um, it's it's survival of the fittest, honestly. It really is. It's, it's You have to come with it because, yeah, you're coming out of college after two years and you're 20, but there's also somebody on your summer league team that was in the league for two years and they're 20. So, you know, yeah, you have a little bit more when they have something invested in you, your first-round pick, your lottery pick, sure. But, but if you're an undrafted guy, you're trying to make a team again you're going against another 20 year old guy who has two years already in the league he knows a little bit of the different nuances that you may not know um and you're trying to figure out but he knows and it's a competitive world cliff i'm not going to show you how to sell that 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 uh that 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 queen size that california queen uh phone bed i'm not going to show you how to sell that when I came from New York and I used to sell five of those a week. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? I'm yeah. coming to the same store as you. You got to unload yours. I know how to unload mine. It's almost, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> to the analogy of your world. So it's like when people understand like that type of dynamic, those that get it, they figure it out. Nobody here is your friend. It's an experience. But then those that, um, don't figure it out they get lost in the shuffle they really do they get lost in the shuffle and um it's a sad reality um when i was on the other side of it before i got to the side you know i had a lot of empathy for a lot of guys like damn you know he should get a shot but then when you really start understanding the draft process um and we probably should have had that show after the draft but i was ripping and running yes yeah, you, you don't have you don't have the sympathy you don't because a lot of these kids are given every bit of information um, from our side. They're given every bit of information of where they stand. For them to still go into the draft because whatever agent told them or money marketing guy told them and then they don't get drafted, that, that's on them. So I don't have any love for that. And I've learned that, you know, develop a cold heart in that space. And not in a you know malicious way, but just you know you were told you had a ten percent chance of even being drafted. You decided to leave. That's I think you and I know if when we were coming out of high school, Cliff, you got a ten percent chance of staying at Michigan for four years, playing basketball and graduating with a BA in business, but you got a ninety percent chance of playing at PV. And graduating, you know, so on and so forth, or 
SFA, I believe SFA. You have a 90% chance of finishing there. Where you gonna go? Where you gonna pick to go to school? With a with a sensible mind, uh PV, uh with an 18 year old mind, my stupid ass probably right. <laughs> the mission. So no, I can look and, and, right, and I get it. But yeah. again, you know, the decisions that you and I and our generation probably made compared to, you know, it's funny how even talking about that for a second, when you and I went on college visits back then, we didn't have our parents with us. A lot of us were sent by by ourselves to make a real life decision. It's so different now. Like parents, mother, father, handler, advisor, high school, all these people are on the visit now. So it's a different decision that you're making. But when we're talking about the NBA draft, you're getting this stone cold fact dropped off on you. Now, do you accept it? Whatever may have you, that's on you. But they get the information. So for that aspect, for me, like, again, I just develop a callus that I don't, I don't have that empathy anymore. That's free game, man. And I think, you know, anything when you're thinking pragmatic, you, you have to kind of eliminate the emotional aspect because everybody got a story, man. Everybody has a story. Everybody's trying to create generational wealth for their family. Everybody's trying to use a skill, a God-given skill to try to monetize it, which you should do. But the reality is, like you said, man, 10% of the cats who are going to make that cut, man. That's not a lot. So you step in a room, it's 100 cats. That means 10 of them out there, 100 going to make it. Not great odds. <laughs> no. And, uh, and, and some people, you know, don't like my takes when I when I get a little stringent on that because the fact is everybody wants everybody to win. And, and that sounds great. That sounds great on inception. You want, again, all especially brothers who look like ourselves to do well. Reality is it, it's not going to reflect that. So you have to, like you say, be a little more callous or, or just straight to the point. And when I evaluate these cats, I'm straight to the point. Like, I'm not giving the qualifiers of, oh, you came from a single parent household and you got all this family. I, I mean, that, that's cool. But what does that got to do with the, with the basketball part, though? That's, it has nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do. It's a great answer there. But what is it about? Again, Cliff, can you stand in this corner and when <laughs> Devin or Chris throws you this ball, can you make six out of ten shots? I don't care if your mother nor daddy was there. It does not matter. <laughs> That's not an extra bonus. You're not getting graded on a curve. No one cares. Because for everyone that, that real talk, that has a bad story, there's somebody who got it worse. Always. Somebody who got it worse. So now what? So now what? Like, like people kill me like, or oh, oh, here's another good one. And, and this was a classic at the... <laughs> At the at the collegiate level, oh, he's a good kid. But so so the other 11, 12, 13 men were they good kids too? Like just because you a good kid, like nobody care about that. We see the football all the time. We see convicted felons. We've seen murderers. We've seen rapists, sex offenders. It does not matter. Can you do the job? Greg Hardy. So the whole nice kid part. I don't care if you're nice, because if you're a nice kid and you suck, like, what does it matter? Thanks. Now, if you are a terrorist and you could play, somebody might have a contract for you, man. Like, <laughs> the sad reality to it is like, hey, man, that man, I passed him to, to it. I've given, given it to him 10 times. He made nine threes. Like, we, we got to figure something out, man. We, we got to figure something out for this guy. Because, yo... I understand. And don't get me wrong. I'm not condoning terrorism or any of the the uh, terrible actions of individuals. But when you look at it again, that's the stone cold truth to a lot of this. That when people try to use somebody as being a great person, that is good, and that could be a tiebreaker if you and I have the same skill. Yeah. If you and I are skillful, and I'm a complete again terrorist, and you're not. Yes, they're going to take you. However, if you don't have my skill, you being a nice person is not going to help you make nine out of ten threes. It's not. It's just not. And, and, and people have to understand that. They have to understand that. Real talk. And, and now we got a question now. Again, I know you got your limited things you can speak about, but if you, if uh -huh. you just let me know, can, can, can you can nah, go? I, I saw the question um, to right. rap God. Uh, I think to the first person to ask and um, he, he proved to be who he is, um, polished individual. Um, he's another one too as well. Um, Adam at a young age on the EYBO circuit. Um,
come from a basketball family. You know, his mom, uh, he's talking about uh, Paolo Banchero. His mom was the all-time leading scorer at the University of Washington before um, Kelsey Plum passed her up. Um, and, you know, it's in his DNA. Um, he likes to compete, get after it. And I think he did his part. Um, they shut him down, you know, for, for, for whatever reasons per organization. And um, I think he has a bright future. Um, Kitty's another one who, uh, you, the one thing that stands out to you, this is a guy that was, you know, first team or rookie. Um, if I'm not mistaken, wait a minute, Kate, Scotty. Yeah, I believe, I believe he was first team or rookie or he got one, you know, top rookie of the year vote, but he's someone that likes to compete. Um, and that's because he didn't have to be here. He played, you know, started 40 some odd games for OKC. Um, and, uh, he, he played well and during the season. So for him to come out here and play again says a lot about him. Um, I mean, he was diving on the floor. Uh, if you go back and look at the film, there was a game where like a minute left. Here it is. This is a starting point guard playing in summer league. He's diving on the floor. That, yeah, that said a lot about his, yeah. his will to, to compete and, and want to win. So, um, I think Giddy is another one. He has a very, uh, bright future. And I think Chet, uh, He's in a good situation in the sense that there won't be a lot of pressure on his shoulders. Um, he's playing with Giddy, who, who who looks for him. So the fact that he's playing with a pass first point guard helps. Um, but he also has shot uh, Gil, Alexandra, as well as uh, Lou Dort. So it's like he doesn't have to carry the weight of the franchise um, on his shoulders. OKC has a lot of young talent. I mean, they had literally that game that Giddy dove on the floor four to five guys in that game, like started games for OKC last year. Yeah. So they have a baby of young talent. And it's gonna be interesting to see how they cultivate that, um, who stays, who goes. But they just have so much. Um, Trey Mann, um, I'm trying to think of some of the other uh Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Um, they have a lot of they have a lot of good talent. So it'll be interesting to see um how, how how everything grows, but you know the future's bright for them as well. There it is, man. And so, uh, man, who else can name you seven guys on OKC's roster? See, you getting that good gospel over here, Hoop Jock, man. Just saying, man, you're getting that good gospel. Nah, you know, I mean that that's where we come from, Cliff. You know that. I mean, you gotta you gotta know your personnel. You know, yeah. You, not knowing who who you're going against, you're setting yourself up for failure. So I think it's just the league as a whole as well, um, in understanding and knowing. Who you playing against and um then pressing those guys are doing a phenomenal job um of building that organization getting them back I, you know we mentioned getting to the finals again i'm sure they're trying to get back there as well yeah absolutely um and they they i mean they show that they know how to make a culture man they may not have shown they can win it all but they shown that they can put young talent together that they have a pretty um you know competent front office i would say so yeah, so I think we're kind of seeing another iteration of that. And Chet's situation kind of seems a little, a little congruent with it. he was in Gonzaga, not always being the primary option. And you know, you kind of taking the pressure off of him. And I, I'll speak for me, not for you. That you know, he's shown that he still needs to grow. Like, um, mm -hmm. you know, because we know when Kenny Lofton Jr. started putting that body on his ass, you know, things change. From a skinny dude, I'm, I was six seven two oh five when I hooped, and it was different when a Big old fat MF came on you and started putting that body on you. It was different. <laughs> it was different. It was different, man. So again, <laughs> I think yeah. he's getting the pumps, which he should though. Like and it's fine because he doesn't have to come in to be the guy. So he's not overextending mm -hmm. himself. He got time to work it, you know, find his angles, find if he's gonna be a corner slash guy. Find if you know you're gonna be a high post, you know, look over everything guy. He, he got time to figure things out. Which is good mm -hmm. from a development standpoint on many levels, in my opinion. Um, oh yeah. Think oh, go, go ahead. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. Yeah. He got time to figure out who he, who he is, and thank y'all who support the channel, especially and learn, man. I, I gotta, I gotta highlight you one more again, bro. For dropping the, dropping that ten on on the stream. You know, and, and y'all's dollars do go into the thing. So once I get my soundboard going, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be out here doing it for real. So I appreciate y'all. The money you put into the channel does help me go and get other stuff to make this a better production. So where do you so, donate? Oh, you got to donate to the Cash App. Cash App or Super Chat, is, it is going to be uh, dollar sign C Franks 11 if you want to support the channel. 
it does help out so much. Thank y'all so much for what y'all do, goddamn. Okay, I, I got you. I got you. I, this, uh, I ain't even know you're gonna do that, but I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I know. I just sort of, I sort of the tick at the bottom, and I realized that's how you. Uh, you I saw the cash. I saw that there, but um, no, I, I mean, saw. I I, begging, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it out there though. <laughs> no, no, I ain't saying you was begging. Stop, man. No, I'm I'll just. <laughs> Some people no, don't like. I, I, saw, I, I don't want to say. I, I I saw Dante's um question and um. It's something that you and I was talking about offline about uh, just guys ever making a real impact in the league. I tell people all the time when it comes to summer league, here's a real reality. When you're talking about individuals, when you want cachet, you want credit, you want clout, whatever you want, summer league is a lose-lose. And here's why. A lot of the times, and I, and I, and I challenge everybody to go copy every single person that's in some league right now. Copy every player from every team. So that's 450, 15 guys, 30 teams. Then when the opening day rosters open up, do not count the guys that were drafted. Tell me how many guys made a team. Hmm. We know the drafted guys, the first round guys, they're on the team. They better be. So what I'm, I'm, what I'm really getting at is when you often see guys have success, they're having success against guys that are not in the NBA. Mm. So when you see guys have a real dominant performance, you have to look at, and the great words of Loaded Lux, not how many fights you had, it's who you fought. Yeah. So if Cliff comes to Summer League and he's 30, I don't even know how old Cliff is, but let's be good. Cliff is 38 years old. Okay. He's been living in LA, doing whatever. He comes to Summer League and he dominates Summer League. The first question you got to ask is who was it against? Who was defending him? Because if somebody from third division, Israel or Italy, was guarding him, it really don't have no value because that wasn't an NBA player. Now, granted, if every game of Cliff averages 25 in Summer League and he played five games, three of those games were against lottery pick guys, then you would look and say, it's pretty damn good. Because he did it against some overseas, you know, some current NBA guys. Or, you know, the Tyrese Maxey's come back for a second year. Josh Giddy comes back for a second year. And Cliff has an outstanding game against those guys. That has value. Because Cliff put those numbers in against NBA rotational guys. But what I think happens, so many guys, and that's why I said it's a lose-lose, because... If, if you don't play well and you're a lottery pick, oh, he's a boss, he sucks, he's this, he's that. But then if you play well, you still get scrutinized to say, well, who did he do it again? So in a lot of ways, Summer League is not, it. it I don't want to say, and, and it's trending this way, I don't want to say it doesn't mean anything because it does, but it's not something to get super over excited about. You want to see guys compete. So it's the little things you look at. Again, I mentioned Josh getting diving on the floor with a minute to go. That's something to be excited about. Um, guys running the floor hard. Guys coming in shape. Hey, um, check this out, Dane. Check this. Nobody is going to make a YouTube video, a highlight film of like, this dude runs the floor every time. Nobody's going to bring up that talking point in these spaces. No. And and I, I thank you so much for saying this shit because that's what people look at. Do you run hard every time? Do you have a motor? But it, that never get talked about in these, in these streams. And so I, I appreciate that. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I had that. No, no, I just think we're in a society, we're in a space where guys look at the wrong things. Um, I had somebody tell me last night, shout out to Lolo's Chicken and Waffles. If you haven't been, you need to treat yourself. Uh, they got one in Dallas. They got one in, they got a couple in Vegas. They got one in Phoenix. And, um, we were sitting at breakfast yesterday and we, my man was showing me like pretty much some clickbait. Oh, I heard this kid is good. I heard that kid is good. That's the, that's the generation that we're in. Um, and it takes individuals like myself, like yourself, Cliff, that you know how to read between the lines. You know how to, you know, get, um, you know how to get to the root of what's going to translate. And for me, and I'll leave the gentleman nameless, but if, you watch one of the late games last night. There was a former top 
three pick that didn't look like a top three pick. They're going into their third year of the league. And it's like, you're not even doing none of the small things. You're not playing hard. You're not rebounding. You're sulking, you're moping, your body language is terrible. And it's it's something that you need to work on. Um, and it's it's that's the stuff you look at. Because I'm not looking for a set individual to, to get 50. That'll be good because that'll let us know, oh, he's not to be played with. He really is that guy. As they're saying right now, he is him. Nah, like, like, but you're not even doing the basics. And that needs to be corrected. You would think somebody going into their, you know, uh, mid part of their rookie transition, um, they'd be ready and they'd be handling all that. So it's a situation that they do need to correct. Well, again, I think what you've seen it on a more intimate level, again, as to your callousness, because you see guys who get a lot of front-loaded attention, but they're not putting their work in. They're not putting that work in to be better. And it's like when you, when you see the same movie too many times, guess what, goddammit? You know how the movie go in. And, and, yep. and after a certain amount of time, it just don't hit the same <laughs> watching the movie. So I, I hope y'all get that analogy is that like when you start seeing the little um, the little earmarker points of what a person is putting in or not putting in, you tend to be able to predict a little quicker the trajectory of that player. And, mm -hmm. and I'll put it to me being a salesman, when you start seeing enough people come through the door and they look, act a certain way, we call it curve qualifying. It, it, it's, it's a way you kind of can start predicting what that person is. It is what it is. Now, you're not always right, but goddamn it, you ain't always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I like that curve qualifying. I like that. Listen, man, it is what it is, man. Like, if, if you're coming in looking broke, don't be mad that salesman treats you like you, you're broke. Exactly. 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 <laughs> Memphis say now again you don't have to comment on the names. Uh I just want to highlight the comment. Uh here's more guard skills and chat. Um I, I'm not a big fan of, of big guys who have handles per se, because you just too much sewage in that water, man, to trust through, man. He, I, he, again, can you get to the spots right? Do you know who you are? Are you a person that I can rely on you to get your bucket without all this, you know, this uh well, uh heem heem? Let's look at Povacheski's question. And again, goes back to the very point that I made about the number one picks. How many big guys? It, it, it's, it's not about if he is or isn't more than Chad. They're teammates now. So let, let's start with that. So they're not in competition with each other. Let's get that out of our mind. They're not in individual competition with each other because they're teammates. But with that being said, in looking around the league, how many big guys are allowed to do that? How many? Yeah. Not Joel and Bean, who else? Maybe AD at one point, but he ain't a seven footer. Um All right. You want to throw KD in there? Okay, cool. Two. Okay. Right. You know, ja JaVel McGee had that cachet at one point, believe it or not. A lot of you don't know that. Like how, how did that turn out? Horribly. <laughs> exactly. So, so to my week. point, like Again, we, we got to get to the meat and potatoes of what's going to matter for that organization. They're, they are not going to be in any type of, of, of um, ball handling situations for that franchise because you have a great one in Giddy. You have a great one in Shia Alexander. So it's only 24 seconds on the shot clock. Yeah. So, like, like that, that doesn't – that's not going to apply. That doesn't matter. Like, it just really doesn't. It really, really doesn't. And then, of course – like I saw another one. I mean, shout out to between the uh, Queen of Game Sports. Yeah, I saw another comment though that again, this is another one that's just thrown around too freely. You know, generational talent. Like, I don't think people understand what that truly is. A generational talent is not something we just saw six years ago, ten years ago. Generational talent is just that generational i mean we have not seen it probably in our lifetime we probably heard about it but will chamberlain i did not see that was a generational talent so with shaq coming to that qualification sure because we have not seen anything like shaq we won't see anything like that again they'll try the comparisons they'll try to put people and pit people against them but when Shaq was in his bag, when I tell people all the time, Inglewood Shaq doesn't get enough credit. 
that that early Shaq and that and that early Pope Purple and Gold, that Shaquille O'Neal doesn't get enough credit. When he was in shape, rolling, we dunked on Chris Dudley and threw him to the side like a you know, <laughs> like that Shaq does not get enough credit. And I say that to say that's a generational talent. It is. We can't call Kobe that because we saw Michael Jordan. Agreed. We can't. So when people always, that's about that, that's low key one of what you said, those Greg <laughs> grinds my gears. Like that term is like, it's so thrown around and, and it's improperly used. You know what I'm but I get what Rap God is saying that, yeah, like just because somebody doesn't drop 30 in Summer League, that doesn't make them any less of a talent. But, you know, it's Summer League. So you, you don't fully take it for for just that. You know what I'm saying? Like the generational talents are going to be things that we've never seen. And even someone as talented as Chet, we've seen that before. We've seen Paolo before. We've seen it. Now, yeah. if you as an individual, if, you're, if your acumen doesn't go that far back, that's a you problem. But when someone can point out someone that you should have seen that can do the very same things that this individual can, Right then and there, that kills your generational argument. That that kills that 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 notion. I'm with it. You know, I got a few questions about a few players. Uh, if, if one that you feel like you can speak on again, I know you don't want to go too much. Nah, I, I saw Dante. I can't because yeah. he's a no. He's a drive. He's a drive eligible guy. So um, I, I can't. I, I saw the question. <laughs> So we, we got a few other names. So just just scroll to the stream if it's one that you, you feel the liberty to speak about. Go ahead and do so. But I, I will give this. Um, go back and watch the U19 uh, FIBA championships last year that were played in Latvia and watch the game. They played twice. Watch both of them. Uh, France versus America, USA. And guys like Chet, Peyton Watson, uh, Kennedy Chandler, um, Jaden Ivey, Johnny Davis, um, all those guys played. All of them, Pat Baldwin, all of them played against France. And when you watch that game, both the, the 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 group play and then they played in the championship, you, when we talk the word different, you're going to see something that's different. You're going right. to see something I, that's different. I, I, like, I, like, I like how you, you gave us some homework. Go do some homework. Yeah, then. So. It, it, it's along to those that are following. It's, it's along the lines of what Dante was asking me that I can't, you know, speak directly on. But that particular game, again, with USA versus France, um, you, you'll get your answer. Just watch the game. Watch those two games. I like that. And well, Pierre got a question. I think you can you can answer. If, if not, let me know. Mm -hmm. um, he says, "Dang, with the talent of G League right now, do you think uh, you could out? Oh, did you out? Like he said, put together." A competitive squad contributing role players. Uh no. I mean, talking about a, a G League team for the NBA or a G League team for the G League. Like what, what I'm yeah, so, yeah, uh to clarify that Pierre. So uh, what do you mean by that question? So we can get you uh are you nice saying with the talent that's in the G League right now, do you think you could put together a competitive squad with contributing player contributing role players on the NBA level? No. Like, no. But for the G League, sure. I mean, a lot of those guys, you know, it's been a while since we've seen somebody pulled from a G League team that was a was a cornerstone, was a guy. I mean, don't get me wrong. You had guys like Desmond Bain who, who, who bitted his time um, with the Memphis Hustle, and uh, he came up and he was ready to contribute. But he's even a role guy for Memphis. He's not the guy. So, um, there's some good young talent throughout that league. Don't get me wrong. Um, somebody that comes to mind, like like Carly Jones, was arguably the best player um, in the G League last year. Um, but Carly Jones, it, he would probably have a tough time cracking somebody's rotation, somebody's 82-game rotation. So, you're talking about, again, 30 teams, your rotation is normally eight, so that's the top forty. So it, it'd be it'd be a fight for them. And if I say top nine, again that's two seventy. So again, um, 
it's looking at the numbers game, but he's a hell of a talent. Um, he, he works extremely hard. Um, and, and he's been solid in, in some of the, um, thus far when I, when I did catch him early. So, um, but yeah, that's a, that's a tough call. That is a tough call. And I appreciate you, you being honest and, and with your, with your statement. Uh, and shout out to my guy, DJ Ron, cut, uh, truth in the building. Uh, say shout out. So he asked you a question. And so again, if you can, if you can answer that, let me know. Uh, because again, oh, well, he, who was that? He, he has limited amount of questions he can answer y'all. So I'm not ignoring y'all comments. I see what y'all putting. It's just, you know, he, he, he works for the, for the Suns, man. He just, he can't who was the one to ask a question? Uh, Rob Truth asked a question by Leandro Ball. Oh, what is Leandro listening in this game for making it to the NBA? Um, the ability to do more than one thing, probably. Um, the, there's a great chance what helps a lot of these talented guys get to the league, that's not what's going to keep them in the league. Um, I was on this very you know platform this time last year, and I said uh, he did a phenomenal job of changing his body. Um, he did. Um, he looked amazing. Um, but he looked amazing to only still want to shoot. He just wants to shoot. In some games, he shot it well. Well, newsflash, he has to do more than shoot. Because to actually make that team, he probably needs to defend. He probably needs to finish in transition. Um, he probably needs to play more than one position. And is he doing that? So you have to ask that. And again, don't tell me he's defending a third division guy playing in Kosovo. No, I need you to guard some of these lottery picks. I need you to guard some of these second-year guys that are in other teams' rotation. Can you keep up with them? And that's, you know, the tail of the tape. When you see guys not getting a whole lot of time in summer league, I mean, they have practice every day. These teams still practice. So he's struggling in summer league practices. Why do we think he can automatically skip the line and make it to NBA practices? So, um, again, it, it, it could be things like that. That's just from my assessment. Um, but, I mean, he's a great kid and comes from a great family that, you know, they have had success. Um, but it may not be in the cards for him. But it may, you never know. You know, when they go on to resign LaMelo, it could be a situation like they've done with, with Giannis and those guys and kept the brothers around. We just seen Cleveland do it. With, with, with Evan Mobley drafted his brother. But again, you you know, this is the NBA is not a charity case. You have to be able to play. So again, don't let this clickbait and the fandom and the popularity of certain people fool you into thinking that, oh, such and such did it. Well, you know, not for nothing. Evan Mobley brother is 6'10. Not a lot of people just 6'10 walking around. You know what I'm saying? When you look at Giannis's brother, I believe he's like 6'80 muscles out of his ears you know what i'm saying so and he shout out to pope like yeah he, he very well could be a nice guy but again if they got somebody who um could be a terrible guy but they can make nine out of ten threes i'm quite sure they'll find a place for him you know so i think jello can't make nine out of ten threes but i understand the assessment again the callousness man like listen you you've seen it come through and through and through so if anybody you know you know me and you again have had knockdown drag him out arguments Especially concerning the ball fan, we'll leave this off the stream. But I can respect the perspective. I mean, you've seen a whole cycle of this shit go through. So at the end of the day, we, we sitting from the bleachers, you know, saying what, what the coach should be doing. You sitting there with the coach, you know what the coach thinking. So um, right. we, we, we got another super chat, man. Again, man, you, you know, y'all must like Dollar Bill, man, because Dollar Bill about to come back around. <laughs> you know Money. Money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a piece of Bernie Mac, man. Boy, uh, no doubt. Uh, I saw uh, his question. I think the difference from previous eras, and this is a great question. Um, they use college as a proven ground. Uh, if you look at this year's first and second team All American team, uh, three guys didn't get drafted. Um, and it was unfortunate. Two of them went back to school, so that's why they weren't drafted. Um, I can't speak on them, but um, and Kofi Cockburn. I felt, I felt, I felt, I did have empathy for that situation because it's like, this kid was first team All-American. It's the number one center in college basketball. And he went undrafted. Does that mean that's the end of the story? It does not. But when you mentioned previous eras, there's probably no way in hell 
a first-team All-American big that gave you pretty much 21 and 10 with undrafted. Um, this generation is definitely more based off of potential, based off of what you could do. It doesn't matter what you actually did. And, and to someone like Kofi, I do believe Kofi has a value. Um, Utah picked him up. Um, I mean, he's a huge individual that I think put in the right situation, he too can be productive. Because I think at least what he's proved at the college level is that he is productive. He proved that. When you take a potential guy, you got to hope he's going to get better. But everyone doesn't live off that mantra. Everyone doesn't move to that drum. I know we we don't. Um, we don't mind uh, dealing with older guys from college that prove their worth. Um, Monty's in the space where when he looks down that bench, he likes to know what he um what you can do he's sure of that and the team is sure of that um i don't think any coach for that matter not even just monty i don't think no coach wants to look down a bench and they don't know what they're getting oh hell you know no. what I'm saying? they just don't <laughs> that's facts <laughs> no you know what i'm saying like do you know how crazy that has to be and i think some of the the lottery tanking teams have that space where you're in a game and you're trying to win a game it's like I got five guys out there. We're shooting five for 32 from three. And you look down your bench and say, man, I need a shooter. And you look and not one soul you're looking at can make a three. That has to be a scary sight. That has to be like, Jesus, like, what am I doing? Or you need a rebound. You're getting killed on the glass. And I look down the bench and I see Cliff. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to be like, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> and bro, that's my point. Like the young guys, because they're so bro, they're so brash and they're so uh they're so they're not scared of a thing. It's like, yeah, they're saying like your coach put me in, and coach is like, dude, I can't put you in the game. We're gonna get killed. So again, you know, in the past eras, you knew what you were getting. Like now you you don't yeah. know and it may work and it may not, but you don't know. You don't know. So I think in that part of scouting, me personally, I do not come um one of Cliff's best friends of the world. It's a gentleman by the name of Ian Powers on on, on Club <laughs> uh, you know, like on And uh I've you know, to this day, he and I go back and forth because I'm not a draft guy and I'll never look to be and when my day comes to be a general manager, I'll never be a, a draft potential guy. I need to know hey, what I'm getting. Hold on. Let me stop you here. So that's your aspirations. Hey, you better drag me up. Put me at the uh stadium janitor, talent and value. Make a roll up for me, Dane, you fake. If you don't bring me on, <laughs> you get your chips. <laughs> I'm gonna come no, in the no, game. No, no, no. I got you on that, uh, hey, but no, I, I, uh, I, say it, I, I'm not a, I'm not a draft potential guy. I'm a draft. What can you do, guy? I need to know what you can do. I'm not drafting you because your value, you're the best available. No, if I need a point guard, I'm not drafting the best available. I'm drafting what I need all the time. I don't care if it's a top five pick, top ten pick, top twenty pick. And don't get me wrong, those who go the other way, they're not wrong either. But in the great words um, of Alvin Brooks, the, the, the second, who's been a mentor of mine, head coach at Lamar University, um, he always says, um, time tells no lies. Hmm. Time tells no lies. So it's going to come out eventually who got it right, who got it wrong. So for me, <clears throat> that call of, uh, of, of how drafts are different now, um, it will. It'll show with time. And I, I think it's a mixed bag, man, because I think um, for every person who says you got to go to college and develop, I, I can I mean, and I'm not picking on this brother. I think of Julius Hodge, man. He he did his damn thing at North Carolina State, put that team on his back. Very no explosion to be found <laughs> in that man game. And he he um, he did so well for them. And he got picked up by the Nuggets. I think it was 2006. Uh, yep. if, if the error is correct, get his damn thing. NBA level, mm -mm. Adam Morrison mm -hmm. did his damn thing for the Gonzaga Zags, and I, I call that off rip. I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah, I get it. You want another Larry Bird? He ain't him. Trust me, he ain't him. 
and that's what he turned out to be. So it's, and I know Dick Vitale is a big proponent for bringing in college tested guys, and, and that's cool. But I think it's about what you see on the, on the production level, man. Like you said, Tom, and, and the old school, you said this way, we don't come out of the rinse, come out and watch. So you know, you, you'll see what somebody really is, and you, and you gotta have the ability to read the tea leaves well. And I think that's what makes you a great talent evaluator. I remember you put out one of your old uh, evaluations from 2003 draft with uh, Emeka Okafor, 2004 draft with Emeka Okafor and Dwight mm -hmm. Howard. With it. So you've been doing this for a minute and you're only mm -hmm. like a few years older than me. So right. some people just got the ability to see things, what, what they call it, see the, 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 the forest through the trees. Mm -hmm. And some people don't, some people are more reactionary. So mm -hmm. I think in this business, that is hoop evaluation that some guys and I listen that's I hate when I do that that's so weird <laughs> it's 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 um it's something to be said when you can kind of see the tangibles and the intangibles how they match together with the years played okay here's my assessment well I think some people give younger guys you know who one and done scenario too much credit or they give guys who put in too much work too much credit and right. Tracy Langdon comes to mind you know as well so it's like it's it's a, it's a tough road to walk, but you you got again talking about curve qualifying. You got to have that skill to look at things ahead of time and assess ahead of time and not be so reactionary, or you just be lost in the sauce. No, it is it is it's not because I even see another question. Um, which one you got? Which one? Uh, on on the Pope, um, and 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 that one is a little it's a little personal because I had again. You know, in my position, when I worked with the Nike EYBL, I did that for six years. Uh, a lot of those guys I had, um, and I had them uh, under my guidance, under my mentorship. I wanted to make sure they were all in positions to win. He played with the Houston Hoops. And um, Kenny Lofton was one of those kids. And um, I'm extremely happy for him. Um, he's in a situation um, where... He's living out his dreams um, to, to hopefully crack a roster that he can make. But when, you know, people are trying to figure out how is he and, and can he do this and can he do that, somebody go to their current roster. And if I'm not mistaken, first of all, in this year's draft alone, they took two power forwards and Jake LaRavia and um, David Roddy, both power forwards. Um, then on their roster already they had I want to say four frontline guys um so that puts you at six these are all guys with guaranteed money you, you have to then look and ask yourself can he make this team that that's what it's going to boil down to can he make this team and again this is a team that's operating through job you know, Desmond Bain second or, or Jay, you know, Triple J's second, Desmond Bain third. Where does he fit? Does he fit this roster? And again, it's just summarily like you, you, you have to honestly understand, can he make this team? So Memphis 10 just put it in the chat and I appreciate him. But I let you and I don't even know Memphis 10. If I do, I don't know him by his by his stage name, but he just put in the chat exactly what I just said. Like it, it, it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough for him in that space because you have all those guys already. You got Adam, Triple J, Xavier Tillman, David Roddy, um, Jake Laravia, and you're forgetting uh, the high jumping cat. You know him, Memphis Ten from uh, the high jumping cat that went to Gonzaga. Um, come on, Memphis Ten. Ah uh, man, what's his name? It's right on the tip. Uh, high jumper cat, too. Anyway, make a long story short. Oh man, because I could see him too. I know Memphis 10, though, he'll probably put it in the chat, but anyway, I say that to say, yeah, Clark, that's his name. Um, there you go, but yeah, like all those guys are at that space. So, with that being said, that's gonna, that's gonna be a, a, a tough. Hill to climb. That's going to be a real road for him to, to mow, and, and I hope he can figure it out. Um, but um, I have nothing but high hopes for him. But it's not a lot of six foot seven centers in the NBA that are vertically challenged. It's just it's just tough. 
It really, really is. Brandon Clark. I think Kobe, he just answered your question of why he went undrafted. Being a little undersized, he's going to probably be more of a, a, a niche player. And with a niche player, I mean, there, there's room for that. You look at guys like your boy Boris Diop. You know, um, now he came in the, in the game skinny, but then he came a little roly-poly about 6'8". And he found a way. Uh, you look at guys like what they call them slow motion. But you play for uh, Memphis right now. You start with the Spurs. Kenny, no, not Kenny. What's, what's that? Uh, Anderson. Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson. So no, he, he, went, he he just left Memphis. He going to uh, Minnesota. Ah, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so that's kind of a niche position. So uh, Pope, I, I would I would probably surmise that when you have that tweener situation and you get on the bigger side, you're going to have to find where you fit in. I mean, and shit, somebody who's on the show all the time, your boy, um, what, what's our boy name? God damn it. Malik Rose. Yep. Like, you got to find your way. You know what I mean? And it's not always going to be instant gratification for you to find that way. And I think Kenny just, man, he just stay in the game, man. He just stay doing his thing. Again, like Dane said, he's probably going to be in the G League. That's okay. Like, find your way. And then eventually... You find your niche, and then somebody will use you for what you'll be to use for to be used for. On it's probably be a veteran team, probably be a slower pace team, but you can find your way, man. It's just it's gonna take a little time, in my opinion. And shout out to Flight Sports TV and Dex, man, in the building, man, saying quality content. I appreciate that, goddamn, appreciate it. Now again, you, you don't have to uh, talk about the names. You know, we, we can skip if, if that's the thing. No, I saw him. I saw him, and it's just—it's crazy because everyone is. And again, it's just honestly, you know, not even a humble brag because Cliff knows just the work uh, that I did at that platform and with a lot of those kids. But a lot of those kids I dealt with personally, um, and I think I think Wendell is another one who—he's um, a mature kid. Um, I like him a lot. I've always liked him. Um, he's been successful his whole life, and I think he's going to continue that success as he, you know gets to the professional level, um, comes from a great family, all, all the things that you would want from a prospect, you know, soft-spoken, not trying to be all in the videos, dancing. That, that's the one you gotta get out to Bernie Mac. You gotta get the all in the videos video. Um, and, and we can talk about that one later for everybody that don't know. But um, yeah, no, Wendell, he, he has nothing but a bright future in front of him as well. I don't, I don't question anything about him. So he will be great, he'll be fine. There you go. There you go, man. From from the from the the mountains, uh, from, from the mouth of the Mount Olympus to your to your your, your living room. Uh, you stop to your boy. <laughs> but you know, and, and I I love how this conversation is gone because again, I think this gives people perspective. When you start just throwing names out, throwing situations out, and you want the best for this person, that person, because you saw him at this school and having to be a school you like, and you just like, oh man, this dude nice. You got to know on the side of actual talent evalu evaluation, it's a different scope. And I'll put it this way. You know, when I learned this, uh, Dame, when I was uh, at Stephen F. Austin my freshman year, and shout out to SFA, Lumberjacks in the building, um, I looked at a board they had. And when I was uh, coming in, I was asking some stupid-ass 18-year-old kid question. I looked at the board, and they had the next four finding classes well, the next four years, I was a freshman, of who they thought would be in what position, or basically like a depth chart kind of thing. So they were looking like, who's going to be here? What do we need to recruit? And there's a Coach Casper office who was recently, you know, let go from uh, Texas State University. I looked, and I was like, damn. My name ain't on that bitch. <laughs> and I learned. <laughs> and, and, and when Casper cleaned up, he was, I think he said something like, oh, these are scholarship guys or whatever. But then I learned that they got a plan for four years out. I think every, you got to remember, Cliff, every successful business does. Oh, of course. Every successful business does. You be a fool going into the year not knowing what you're doing next year, let alone two, three years from now, um, if you want to be successful. Um, and it's just one of those situations where you have to, you have to put that down. You have to have a vision of what you're trying to do, because if not, You'll find yourself chasing your tail. There you go. And that's just what it is. What they call it, being a victim of circumstance if you don't have a projection. So that was the lesson I learned at 18. I'm like, dog, they got a four-year plan for this shit. And me, in my in my little dumbass 18-year-old mind, I'm just thinking, I'm about to just move up and impress coach 
I'm playing hard. I'm getting stronger like he wanted me to. And uh, I remember uh, we played against the University of Texas um, my freshman. We lost like 20. But they had like TJ Ford, uh, Desno Erskine. They had James Thomas who played in the NBA as well. They had mm-hmm. uh, Big Klotz. They had Boddicker. They, they had a team, bro. And uh, if you remember, they lost to Syracuse that year with Carmelo uh, when Royal mm-hmm. Ivy got another NBA guy got dunked on bad by Hakeem Warwick. Um, so I played, well, I was red shirting that year, but I saw that up close, right? But when we did a scout team, I was killing the starters, man. I was just like, man, coach got to know. I'm, I'm ready. Again, my dumbass 18-year-old mind. And I, and I, and those kind of things just showed me how far away I was from that level. Because I'm like, okay, I did well in the scout team, but <laughs> that has nothing to do with me being an everyday guy that I can give you that. I was basically mimicking Brian Boddicker, who was like a step back, stretch four, as were 2002 was the year. Um, so... It's, it's funny how, like, you know, your perception in moment is so askew. We don't understand long-term plans for a program. And I think that was a very, you know, that whole experience for me was just good to see the levels of shit. Like, okay, you could be playing well in the gym, and to you, you killed it. But from a grand scheme of things, you're not even in the plans because you're just a ends to a means, meaning a body for practice in, in a certain respect. So bring it to what we're talking about now. Some of these guys who play on these G League teams and these summer league teams, you may be more of a body than you are an actual asset going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, definitely. Oh, yeah, man. So, um, man, I hope y'all y'all like this game, man. Dane gave you an hour of his time. He, he did his damn thing. And um, so we're we going to round the show out, man. I know we can go two hours, three hours because you, you – you, no, we, we got no, no, no. You know what? And I'm not going to stop because that's just because now that I think about it, every year, um, either we do a two part or we do a real marathon. And and I don't, I don't. An hour is not what we do. Not when you and I get together. And it's not even like drink champs. We ain't got no drinks. We ain't even. Thanks. We ain't really, really got in our bag, bag. But I, I'll give you this. Um, we could double back. Uh, I guess towards the end of the weekend. Because um, they'll be rounding out and, you know, you could probably go through some guys that play well because the culmination of the event will be ending. Um, so I don't know what you're looking like on Friday or, or Saturday or whatever. Even if you want to do it Sunday because it's the championship, but I'll be moving around, headed back east uh, for an event. But, um, yeah, we, we could double back and do this again for sure. Sounds good, man. So, man, I hope y'all appreciate this content over here, man. Y'all hit the like button, subscribe button. Again, if you like what's going on, hit the cash app, uh, dollar sign C Franks 11, man. Again, I, I I don't go live all the time, but I want to give y'all some quality content that you can take and you can learn from and that mm-hmm. you can build with. So I, I hope y'all appreciate what I do over here because I, I I really want to not cheat y'all. That's that's my goal. Always. I say this every stream and I mean that shit. So um, thank y'all. Thank you, Dane, for giving me an hour of your time, bro. I know you're yes, a busy sir. man. Do your thing. Until next time, man, we out, man. Yes, sir. Shout out to Hoop Sharky, man. I'm gonna add you to the to the crew, man. This crew called Hoop Sharky. They've been they've been getting at it, man. They go they the ones that's gonna grill you, man, because they they majority are all Houston people. So that's that. Shout out to Hoop Sharky. Shout out to Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.